0: In Focus is brought to you in association with the Government of Japan. Japan, sharing tomorrow. Hello and welcome to InFocus, the programme that examines Japan and its role as a global leader in improving cities and societies. In this series, we're taking a look at the groundbreaking ideas coming out of Japan within the realms of technology, fashion, environmentalism and energy – all helping to fix global challenges. From innovative techniques for water and air purification to Japan's efforts to clean up its oceans, we're meeting all sorts of unique thinkers, scientists, designers and inventors who have the potential to change the way that Japan and the rest of the world work towards a bright future. When you think about robots, Japan is a country that springs to mind. From their reputation for cutting-edge technology down to the playful tourist-friendly robots, robotics in Japan tend to go hand-in-hand. The industry here is coming up with technological solutions to all sorts of challenges, including disaster relief, shrinking workforces and, of course, most recently, infection and sanitisation. On the programme today, we're going to take a look at how the Japanese robotics industry is coming up with new inventions that could help different nations all around the globe, and how engineers are trying to give robots a more meaningful role in the workforce. We're at the offices of Cubit in Tokyo. Qubit is a company that collaborates with robot makers by designing software and adapting machinery such as industrial robot arms for different uses. For example, a robot designed for serving tables at a restaurant could be altered to disinfect a hospital. While robots in industrial settings are commonplace, these types of autonomous machines are still being introduced into the workplace. Hiroya Nakano is the CEO of
1: Qubit.
2: In Japan, the population is starting to dwindle. And as the service sector is dwindling, so are the people working in it. So in order to compensate for that, I believe robots are a potential solution.
0: But it's not as straightforward as replacing a person with a robot and expecting them to do the same job.
2: Right now, robots used in factories or assembling are well-established. But having a robot work for the service sector doesn't always go as well as planned. The people that have to work with these robots don't really have the kind of expertise needed. Robots in manufacturing have one specific job, but in the hospitality sector it needs to be user-friendly, otherwise it won't be used. And there are not a lot of people who've thought about it to that extent. So we have focused on building a robot that could be used by anyone on all knowledge levels. And we realized that a robot needed to do that, otherwise it wouldn't be able to enter the service world. We thought that it was most important to find a way for people to work alongside robots.
0: The relationship between humans and robots is particularly important in this front-facing industry. The autonomous robots Qubit is putting together often have faces to make them seem friendlier. But there's still an element of distrust from the human workforce, and so research needs to be done, especially outside of Japan.
1: In Japan,
2: there's always been an interest in anime, and so I have always been educated with the idea that robots are friends. The fact that they have faces, that they can talk, is fun and, I think, appealing for Japanese. They are more than a machine. They are looked at as humans. Overseas, they have been looked at as things that would destroy or hurt humans. I think that it might be Japan's anime mindset that shapes our way of thinking.
0: Dr. Hajime Osama is a professor in the Department of Precision Engineering at the University of Tokyo and has a background in service robotics. He believes that we need to think about these robots as assistance to workers rather than replacements.
3: I'm very interested to that kind of robot technology to be used for the societal needs. And so that's why we are working uh, very much about the application of robot technologies. But uh, also, if we apply such kind of technology for services, we need to know how this kind of technology can be accepted or used uh, by humans. And uh, the uh, human-robot interaction is a very, very important uh, issue. And it is not uh, so easy to replace them by the robots from the uh, functional uh, aspect. And uh, I believe replace uh, is rather uh, limited. Uh, more feasible is to develop single-function devices or tools or teleoperated robot, which can assist human workers.
0: Dr Osama and Nakano agree that lots more research needs to be done in order to implement service robots into the workplace.
3: I think it is more uh, important to realise some kind of safe physical interaction with human rather than just the appearance of the robot, which is accepted by human. It is very essential for the people uh, to accept this kind of robot technology in the daily life.
2: Exactly. It is not enough to just think about and construct the robots. We need to try and use it in our life and get feedback, and do that multiple times. We have to create something safe to put into society, and there are a lot of difficulties.
0: We thought we'd let one of our own humans interact with one of Qubit's robots. Monocle's Tokyo Bureau chief Fiona Wilson is given a demonstration by robot system engineer manager Takatoshi Yamaguchi.
1: Okay, uh, so the robot here is called Kavi Air. Uh, We are planning to use this robot in restaurants and maybe offices as well to maybe accept orders and also help out customers visiting the shops, uh, maybe with voice, help them get to their tables and maybe have them wait while in queue. Yes, so there's many ways to use with voice commands. So he has a couple of menus. (coughs) So yes, he has a microphone which can catch the audio as well and also the camera can recognize the people in front so right now I'm a little to the side so he doesn't recognize me but probably if I stand next to him maybe um, he'll recognize me yes so he's saying that I might be off topic but I want I want to know what kind of genre you like so maybe these parts will be able to customize in the future on what it speaks so right now it's speaking Japanese but um, this is not only for Japan it can be in English, Chinese. Hello, Kibi?
2: Hi, Konnichiwa.
1: <laughs> so yes, um, there's a lot of, in the future, is bright as we can probably customize him with very, various commands. Maybe I'll move him aside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so if you hold him high, he says that he's afraid of heights. I just <laughs> held him up. And yeah, so there's humor there. It's always entertaining. Um, the next robot that I want to introduce, this is our robot cafe system. Turn on this much. Okay. Okay. So um, this robot right here, it's our coffee making robot. Uh, we use a robot called Universal Robot. Uh, he usually, this robot actually works in factories, helping out maybe making cars. Um, what I think people usually images of robots. But we are using that to help out the labor problems in Japan, for instance, the service industry. So this robot maybe acts as like a barista maybe. Um, So he'll take your order, make coffee, and also uh, provide it to you without the help of human hands. So let me just uh, make one order so you can see how it works. So we have a tablet um, that accepts the order. Uh, So we'll just order a simple hot coffee today. Okay. <laughs> Here you you. I just I just got <laughs> a coffee, lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite bitter. <laughs> can, can I also complain to the robot as well? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: While robots in the service sector might still be met with mixed responses, there is an argument for them in all sorts of other industries. The recent coronavirus pandemic has spurred on engineers to think of how technology can be adapted to reduce infection rates and increase sanitization. And orders have been coming in from abroad. 6,000 cleaning robots have been deployed to China and are currently hard at work, allowing hospital workers to get on with other chores. Dr. Asama says the robotics industry reacted quickly to COVID-19.
3: Uh, Small-sized uh, companies or startups moved quickly to adapt to the needs uh, uh, for the uh, pandemic response, and uh, they uh, tried to use their platform and uh, basic technologies uh, to develop robots, which is uh, needed at the hospital. Uh, or some kind of hotels where patients are uh, staying, they try to say, um, develop uh, such kind of robots very quickly. I saw some uh, of the companies uh, testing mobile robots uh, or avatar uh, robots for monitoring of patients and environment and uh, sanitization, disinfection and transportation and delivery, uh, serving meals, security, patrol, meeting patients, and communications. So it is a kind of verification test at the sites.
0: And it's not just global pandemics that are being responded to with robotics. Japan has a long history with natural disasters, from typhoons to volcano eruptions to earthquakes one of which caused the 2011 Fukushima Daiichi nuclear accident.
3: There are lots of uh, needs uh, to use this kind of robot technologies, but there are uh, not so many robots which can be used uh, uh, at the site. So they should uh, develop some kind of uh, robot systems for uh, specific uh, uh, missions. They recognise the needs uh, of the robots and we try to develop uh, this kind of robot system for the disaster response. But it is really uh, difficult to develop and disseminate this kind of robot technology in, in society.
0: As Dr Osama says, robots could play a huge role in helping with disaster relief and search and rescue after a destructive event. But these are costly machines to develop that might only be used once a year, so it's not so easy to get them into action. So he says it's important to think about other applications for this technology in order to get business thriving.
3: But it is difficult and also uh, very costly to develop from the scratch. Robot technology is a kind of system integration technology. So we employ some kind of common platform or some kind of parts of the robots and then integrate them uh, into a system Uh, according to the uh, some kind of uh, requirements or environmental conditions. So that's why uh, I think this kind of uh, uh, common platform is very uh, effective to implement uh, many applications also in the daily life. So it it is called, for example, agile development. Agile development is very important.
0: With Japan's widespread usage of robot technology to help with all sorts of global issues, the rest of the world is taking notice. Qubit says that they've had interest from places as far as Singapore, China, Vietnam and Greece. But how do they see the future of robots in our daily lives?
3: I think uh, the fully autonomous robots uh, uh, will be used in, in a very limited applications, but still This technology is very important.
0: Dr. Osama might think that there's still some way to go, but Qubit's CEO Nakano is
2: optimistic. There might not be a fast chain creation of robots right now, but they are getting more present in restaurants and other places. And I think that if anything were to happen to humans, like an infectious disease, it would be possible to replace some people with robots, and so they will gradually appear more in people's lives. In five years or so, perhaps we will be in a world where we do encounter robots daily.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode of In Focus. Join us next time when we'll be learning about a clever new technology that could revolutionise water and air purification in developing countries, as well as sustainability within the textiles world. This programme was produced by me, Holly Fisher, and thanks to Fiona Wilson, Jun Toyofuku and Charlie Filmercourt Court for their research and interviews. In Focus is a Monocle24 production brought to you in association with the Government of Japan.